What's up, college football fans? Oh, <laughs> am I early with that, Brad? My bad. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. up out there, college football fans? And welcome to another edition of Quick Slants. Man, talking about quick. Jumped the gun a little bit there on the intro, but it's all good. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, but I'm here with the star of the show. I got the homie Fred Perdue in the building, World Room Sports Football, college football, that is. Guru. What up, Fred? What's going on, man? Uh, we're getting a little bit closer. 25 days. 25 That's right. days. <laughs> and our series continues. This is our preview series of the Big Five Conference. Says, <laughs> this time around, this episode, uh, Fred's going to talk about the Big 12. So we have a few topics to talk about in the Big 12. Uh, I'm going to get uh, all of his uh Predictions on the awards for this conference. Going to get his projected standings. A um, couple of quick storylines, and a little bit later in the show, we are going to hear from Amwar Richardson, uh, Texas Longhorn reporter from OrangeBloods.com. So you'll be in for a treat with that one. Um, but let's get started, man. Big Twelve top storylines in the Big Twelve. Let's talk about them. First one, I'm going to ask you about Fred. Let's talk about Oklahoma for a minute. Can this Oklahoma defense improve enough to compete for a championship? Well, I think it can. Uh, we talked about we talked a little bit about this uh, about their coordinator Grinch coming in from 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 Washington State uh, back in the Pac-12 preview, and that defense went from 96 to 34th in one season. And if you can do that. And you can bring and you have pieces coming back at Oklahoma. So uh, the defense wasn't terrible, but the offense clearly had to carry. I mean, they had, I mean, when you have Kyler Murray and, and CD lamb and Rodney Anderson and the rest of those guys on the offensive line, you, you know, Cody Ford up front, it, you don't have to do much. The defense just has to hold on, but I don't think uh, Lincoln Riley wants to just hold on if they can even get marginally better just just a smidge if you can just go from being you know letting texas drop 27 on you to maybe letting teams really drop maybe 18 to 21 on you and you the offense still continues doing what it does man sky's the limit for this team all right well let's talk real quick about some old faces in new places. One Leslie Edwin Miles, better known to you mere mortals, as Les Miles uh, will begin his stint at Kansas this season. So what should we expect from Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks in year one? Not a heck of a lot. I mean, this Kansas <laughs> team has been very, very bad. Um, you know, when I look at how Les, what Les Miles has done in his time in college football, I mean, I think of, you know, you. I remember Les Miles at Oklahoma State. You know, when he, you might see a little bit more of that before the the guy that said he was a man and he was forty, Mike Gundy, who we'll get to in a little bit. You know, before he was there, there was a Les Miles who was four and seven. Eight and five, nine and four, seven and five. Don't expect that. No, 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 no. Come no, no, no. after me. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm forty. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I think that that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing when I get there. I'm not there yet. Getting there, but not there yet. But um, oh yeah. You can, any any you can, any mention of him, you know, you gotta let it rip. Oh yeah, of, <laughs> of course, of course. But what you really what you should you don't expect anything like you saw. Even in the improvement at Oklahoma State, don't expect what you saw at LSU with a beast with a BCS national championship uh, win like in 2007 where they went 12 and two. Don't expect you know a BCS championship return facing off against Alabama in 20, 2011 and you lose. Even you lost 21 to nothing. Your your offense was terrible. Don't expect that. Don't expect anything better than maybe four and eight. <laughs> maybe wow. maybe so what you're five saying is seven. Don't it's, expect it's gonna be bad. Playoffs. It's bad. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. <laughs> you kidding me? Playoffs? 
we just want to win a game. I mean, literally, that that's the part. That is the perfect quote. He doesn't worry about playoffs at this point. He is a big name. Uh, the real question I have is, will he allow his offense to be run by the offensive coordinator, or will he just stick with this old vanilla style of offense that he did at LSU? Because that's what held him back at LSU. If you're seeing the numbers happen at LSU now that he's gone because they've opened things up. They're they're spreading it out like everybody else and they have athletes, but you're in Kansas now. And you know <laughs> you know you know they say we're not in Kansas anymore. Well, we're in Kansas now and well you're not getting guy you're not getting the you're not getting the Patrick Petersons, the honey badgers, you're not getting any of those guys. So this right. might just be a nice return to college football and maybe a launch pad. Maybe if he can, because at this point there's no expectations and anything better than maybe three or four wins is is really nice for him. And he can springboard to a better job somewhere else. All right. So, I mean, so basically for him, like the old cliche is going to, is going to ring true. Like we're going to take this one game at a time. We're not looking Exactly. To do anything special, anything crazy. We're going to actually take it one game at a time, see if we can get a win here, see if we can get a win there, and then see how it goes from there. Yeah. All right. Let's All right. So, you know, before, you know, we get into our interview with uh, Amwar Richardson of orangeblood.com, I want to get your opinion on the Longhorns. Uh, are the Longhorns really back? Let me know before, before we talk to, you know, somebody who spends a lot of time around the team and get his opinion opinion on it. Let's uh, let's get yours first. Uh, this one this one really was. I've been kind of on Sam Ellinger all year since the since the bowl game against uh against Georgia where he said we're back and I'm and I'm saying to myself you just put the biggest target on your chest. You better win because Texas has not been good. I cannot remember, and and I'm an avid watcher of other teams. I'm not that college football fan. My NFL allegiances are different than my college allegiances. I'm a Miami Hurricane fan through and through, but I appreciate the game from other teams' perspectives. And right. I love to watch other teams, but I haven't watched the text. Like literally, sat down and and just enjoyed Texas football since some guy named Colt McCoy was running away from Indomitian Sue, throwing a ball out of the out the back of the end zone with half a second left, screwing Nebraska out of a potential Big Twelve title game only to get into a, a, a national championship against Alabama and Colt McCoy's arm going dead. That's been a long time. Long time. Oh, long time. All right, so let's, um, let's get our guest on and see what he has to say about, uh, <laughs> about Texas and their prospects in the Big 12 this season. Um, we're about to talk to Amar Richardson of OrangeBloods.com. And now, with, now on with us with OrangeBloods.com, we have my boy Anwar Richardson. Man, it's been a minute since we talked. It has been, a, talk, man. It's it's been a hot minute. I, I, th- I think I may have only had like one kid back then. So, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> life man. has changed. Life comes at you fast. I know, man. I know, man. I think the last time we talked, a certain Texas quarterback said that Texas was back after beating Georgia in some bowl game. And, you know, the buzz has been around Texas. So, we got a little bit to chat about, man. It's, what's been good with Texas lately? I mean, I can tell you this much. Um it's, it's easier just from a reporting perspective to cover a team after a winning season than it has been over the past four seasons. I can say that. And like technically Texas finished seven and six in Tom Herman's first year, but uh, you know, that, that still didn't meet the expectations that many people have, but I can just tell you uh, there's probably more excitement and more buzz, uh, more people uh, dreaming and, and believing that, you know, this could be a really good year for, for Texas football. You know, it, it helps that 
uh, you know, there, there's the belief that Tom Herman has been able to kind of implement his system and be able to implement the culture. That's always something you hear first-year co- coaches talk about, getting their culture in, implemented. Uh, and it seems to be, in, you know, in that direction. And, I, and quite honestly, and you know this, for you know, as a person who's covered sports, when you can finally say that you have your quarterback and you have the guy who is the established guy, and now he's the established guy, he's really good at what he does. And, you know, he enters this season, uh, you know, as the, you know, first team, you know, all Big 12 selection, uh, you know, at quarterback, which, you know, says a lot, and that's over a guy like Jalen Hurts. Um, so when you have a guy like Sam Ellinger, you have – what, you know, from the bar to NFL term, a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy uh, for guys to be really excited, players to be excited, coaches to be excited, and of course the fan base to be excited. So uh, the players report on Thursday, August the first, and then the first practice is on uh, that Friday. Uh, and I can just tell you, there's there's definitely a lot of excitement and buzz uh, entering this season that really hasn't been there in quite some time. The last time I heard a Texas quarterback's name being put up into rare air was Colt McCoy. It's, it's been, been a while. while. I it's haven't while. really watched a lot of Texas since Colt McCoy because it's been there have been some dark, dark days uh, out in Austin. And, you know, I, what I saw – and I, I've always been one of those people that I watch certain teams from afar. They're not my team, but, you know, I support the guys down in South Florida, so it's a little bit different. And I know what those guys in Texas are going through because we're going through it too. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, quarterback, they figured it out. Tom Herman, I knew he would figure it, figure it out. It just took time. And I think one of the things that, uh, with, with any, especially in the Big 12, if you don't have a quarterback, you're in trouble because the perception is there's no defense played in that conference. I think that's a lie. I think Texas plays decent enough defense. And Oklahoma, they play okay. Those guys are okay. Uh, but there's a Oklahoma's not that good. But the, 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 to interrupt you for a second, the, the the thing is, is Oklahoma's not good on defense. But they don't they don't need to be. So I, I looked it up recently, right? And last year, 2018, Oklahoma's defense was ranked tenth in the Big Twelve, but their offense was ranked first. In 2017, their their defense was ranked fourth, but their mm-hmm. offense was ranked first. In 2016, because they won, they won the last four years, okay? So 2016, their defense was ranked fifth. Their offense was ranked second. The only time that you saw some sort of balance and a little bit more of a better defense was 2015, where their defense was ranked first, and then, the, of course, their offense was ranked fourth. So over the last three years, you're talking about two first-place finishes and one second-place finish. Um, and just from a points perspective, to give you kind of a, an idea of what that looks like, 2018, Oklahoma averaged 48.4 points. 2017, it was 45.1. 16, it was 43.9. And then in 2015, it's 43.5. So basically, the offense rules the day. That while there is, Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, will give you these stats about how during the Big 12 uh, versus other teams' bowl games, um, how they were these defenses are able to hold guys to, you know, underleaf their season averages, and he was really adamant about that. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, in the Big 12, you want to win, you've got to be able to score points. you got to be point blank. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and that's, for me, what, the one thing I saw with Texas last year was there's a different brand of physicality now, it seems mm-hmm. like. The running game is something that I've – it was a it was a nice and refreshing to see a team in the Big 12 actually commit to the run game a little bit. Talk about the Texas run game a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, like they had a, a grad transfer by the name of Trey Watson in there, and they had a true freshman by the name of Keontae Ingram in there. Uh, you know, Trey Watson is gone, but you know they got two guys. Uh, you know, Keontae Ingram will be a you know returner, so he'll be entering his sophomore year. Uh, he's a guy that many within the fan base and you know some people in the media felt like should have received a little bit more touches. I kind of you know, wore down a little bit as the season went along, but he was also banged up. So, uh, but he's a guy that uh, you know that has some explosiveness to him. Uh, and then they have they're really excited about a freshman by the name of Jordan Winnington. Uh, just to put it in perspective, and this is one of these things that if you just want to be like the smartest man in the room, just go ahead and write his name down, and then just pull it out a few weeks from now. Someone's going to say, "How did the heck did you know about Jordan Winnington?" Like, man, I just do my homework. But Jordan Winnington. 
uh, when he, he played in the state championship game uh, as a senior, and he was the offensive and defensive MVP. Just put that he was the offensive and defensive MVP in a state championship game. And I ain't talking about no small school something. I, you know, I'm talking about major classifications. So he's a guy that at, at running back, he played linebacker also, but at, at, at running back, uh, he's a guy that they think just has a, a, a lot of wiggle, a lot of juice. Because the one thing that Texas really lacked last year was explosive plays. You know, Texas, I believe, was one of two – Power five schools that did not have an offensive play over 50 yards last year. Uh, so by by the, by having a little bit more of an Ingram, having more of a Jordan Winnington, there is a belief that there will finally be some big plays, especially in the ground game. And you know, you know, it starts up front, and they've got some guys there who they feel really good on the offensive line. Like Zach Shackelford, he's a center. He went to Big 12 Media Days. He's a guy that has, has four years under his belt. Again, want to be the smartest, smartest man in the room, write down the name Sam Cosme. He's going to be the left starting left tackle. Uh, he's going to, as, uh, I think he's a red shirt sophomore, if I'm correct, but uh, he is going to be a guy that, you know, he has tons of NFL potential. Uh, Herb Hand is the coach there. They've got a lot of guys that they, you know, Derek Kerstead is another guy uh, at the guard position. They've got a lot of, a good nucleus of an offensive line that can really move guys and, run block and pass protect. So uh, I think that's where there's going to be some excitement about the the run game this year. Now, you, I, I feel like you're in my playbook a little bit. Is there some, some spy gate going on? <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to say Jordan Whittington, you knocked it out of the park. Kirsten, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, you want to switch roles here? Man? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just what I, I hope I have a little bit of knowledge. It just is impressive that you have it. But yeah, I mean, it, it just, they have they have some guys and like again this now it's not you know it's just not empty promises right it's not it's not just blank talk like you know when you you come off of you know Charlie Strong's first year you talked about six and seven and you talk about two back to back five and seven years and so you know you you talk about the lack of talent development you talk about how do you get guys to believe and how do you get guys to win and you know that's what Tom Herman and his staff had to do in year one is just kind of break a lot of bad habits and a lot of bad things. You saw it, uh, you know, a little bit last year where uh, they they were able to, you know, break through and, again, they get to 10 wins. You know, the next step for them, you know, as, these, as the players are developing, you know, they've just got to be a team that goes out and consistently wins games that people think they should win. You know, they have to beat the West Virginias of the world consistently. They've got to beat the Oklahoma States. It's not – just solely about well competing with Oklahoma. We know they compete with Oklahoma because they split the the series with them last year. But it's about the other things that's in between uh, that if they 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 just got to be able to tighten up. But when it comes to talent, it just from pure talent perspective, they've got a lot of talent on the field. Now speaking of talent, they lost a big big piece, uh, little Jordan Humphrey. I was. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed to see him leave. Me too. I thought he had a little bit more to go. I, I didn't think he was ready for the NFL. He's a big guy. I mean, Texas has some giants at receiver. I mean, what corner wants to face two six five guys? I mean, what, you don't see that in the NFL, much less in college. And yet, you know, Sam Ellinger is going to have to now go on and go on without his best target. Who should we look at? Who are his playmakers? Well, you know, they still have Colin Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. who's, who's returning. And, you know, the, if you get on any list, I mean, he's viewed as a, as a, as a day one talent. I mean, I, I've, seen, I've seen mock drafts have him in the top ten. Um, you know, I've seen some that were outside of that. Yeah, again, it's mock drafts. It's, it's, it's not real football at that point. But uh, there's a belief that he's, he's a guy that, as a senior, uh, will be a guy who can step up. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys who they're really excited about. They're excited um, about a kid named Joshua Moore, who they feel like can do really good in the slot. I hear tremendous things about a freshman named Jake Smith, Gatorade Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to resist the urge because this is what happens when you see where there's a white receiver in the slot. There's always <laughs> like there's always a typical uh, comparison that people are going to do. So I'm going to re- reverse that. His high school film looks reminds me a little bit more like our Percy Harvin. Um, you know, type of receiver, but they just talk about the speed that this kid has, and and you know, 
when people, unless, you know, show me a clock, you know, people will always say, you know, everybody runs a 4-4 in high school, right? Is there a kid who doesn't run a 4-4? I think 300-pounders run 4-4s. But I hear people legit say that he's got that kind of speed where he can be able to uh, do things. They've got some Malcolm Epps. They, they receive, at the receiver position, they are really, really stacked uh, as far as that position is concerned. I think, and, you know, little Jordan Humphrey – was definitely a talented receiver, but when I've you know talked to the the folks inside the building about it, you know their thing to me has been, and what they've communicated to me is like, hey, we will find someone to throw the ball. Like that thousand yards is just not going to go away. Like it it will be replaced. It may be divvied up between two guys or maybe three guys or something to that effect. But that thousand yards isn't going away. So uh, they they are not as worried about it because they just feel like there's enough talent like to some of the guys I've mentioned, that while it'll be an adjustment, it won't be a huge drop-off. And really, again, as I mentioned, where Texas didn't have a play over 50 yards last year, there's also the hope that there might be more big plays uh, from, front, from their speedy guys that they're going to be throwing out there on the field. Now, flipping over to the defensive side, Texas really gave Georgia problems. I mean, their defense was wrecking shop. And, I mean, I didn't see that at all. I actually picked Georgia to win that game because for the opposite reason. I thought Me Georgia's too. defense would just stifle Texas. I did, Because Texas struggled with Oklahoma for a while, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is Georgia's game to lose. And, well, they lost. And it wasn't because of, it was strictly Texas's defense. Do you see that carrying over? into the 2019 season? Well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of different variables to, to, to answer that question, right? I think you would have to say, okay, well, what do you believe in as far as Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, is concerned? And, and since he's been there over the past couple of years, like the defense has been very consistent. You've seen guys grow and, and, and get better. You know, they've had back-to-back uh, Big 12 defensive players of the year. Uh, it, you know, they've had a Puna four two years ago. Last year was Charles and Manny Hughes. So you see – a staff that's able to coach up guys. Um, and so the, the challenge is replacing, uh, you know, nine starters on defense. I asked Tom Herman about that at Big 12 Media Days, and it's like, well, Anwar, I hear what you're saying, but the guys that we're putting in, they're going, they've, these are guys who have had playing time, so they may not be quote-unquote starters because of the stats, but they feel really good about guys that they have. A, they love Malcolm Roach, who's going to be a defensive end, Coaches kid feel like he's a guy that's going to be able to have an impact. They love Jeffrey McCuller, kind of at that B-backer position. Uh, you know, they, there's tons of guys like, you know, there's uh, a Dale. I always struggle with his name. Look up number 40 uh, horrifically on my part, but uh, a day away is, is going to be a guy that they, is, they will look towards, Joseph aside. You know, really the, the key is, is just going to be the cornerback position and who are the people that they thought were going to play corner. But they still got Caden Stearns, who was, you know, the, the, the newcomer of the, of the year, freshman of the year last year, brand, at the safety position. Brandon Jones, uh, he's a guy that I think has the potential to be a, at least a day two pick uh, as far as the NFL is concerned. So uh, they have guys that, are, that have uh, some talent. Uh, you know, their challenge really comes in week two because that's when they play LSU uh, at home. Uh, so that's when the big challenge will, will occur. But for schematically and what Todd Orlando is able to do, and he's you know still always going to be pretty aggressive as a pass rush is concerned, uh, I, I think that they still have the, the opportunity to be just as good as they were last year. Now, you talked about schedule. When I look at this Texas schedule, they only leave the state of Texas twice, whether a home game or away game. That is huge. I mean, you get Texas, you get LSU at home, you get Oklahoma State at home, you get Oklahoma's a it's essentially a home game. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Kansas with against against Les Miles. I mean, Kansas isn't going to be good, but it's it's the mystique of Les Miles. So you get to bring that into your house, and then you get to finish the season against Texas Tech at home. How big are some of these home games going to be, especially for a team that is now – everyone's gunning for them now. They're here. They've arrived, or at least we think they have. Sam Ellen just put that bullet, that bullseye on their back with that whole we're back thing. Well, yeah. I mean, he definitely has. And uh, let's, let, Now, let's I, – I, 
I would pump the brakes a little just because <laughs> just because Oklahoma has won four straight Big Twelve championships. You know, you, course, you know you, you you know how it is that when we were in the schoolyard to beat a man, you got to beat the man. Mm-hmm. And until until you beat the man, Oklahoma's still the man. You know, so I and I know some t- Texas fans aren't going to want to hear that, but it it just reality four straight. It is what it is. Now, when you as it relates to the the home games and having a, a home city, and yes, you definitely want LSU at home, right? And you want the Oklahoma states of the world, and uh, you know they will travel to a West Virginia, uh, and, you know TCU. Don't sleep on them. They're not. A, if you just look up Gary Patterson's record, he's not a guy that finishes with back to back losing seasons often. I think it's only been. Uh, I won't say back-to-back losing season. Let me rephrase that. Back-to-back below 500 seasons. If you just look at his record, I think there's only been two years where he's had back-to-back below 500 years. And usually every year that he has a below 500 years, he normally bounces back to like 10 or 11. Uh, So they're a team that you have to keep out for. Iowa State, you know, when they travel on the road, you know, that's going to be two two tough road games. I think TCU and then that Iowa State because, you know, I think Iowa State, I think they were finished to pick third in the Big 12 Conference. So everyone expects them to have a pretty good year. Uh, but it does, obviously, it, it helps to have so many games in stages from a preparation standpoint, just from an E standpoint. You know, it's much better just to, uh, you know, get on a plane and, and just have a, a real, you know, one-hour flight or, you know, two-hour flight or even take a bus. I mean, they'll take a bus to Baylor. I mean, they're not going to take a plane for that. So, yeah, you, it definitely – helps them uh, to where last year they had a little bit more of a tougher schedule this year they still have a tough schedule uh, but yeah being in the state of Texas definitely will will help them a little bit uh, so now I, I don't want to put your foot to the fire but uh, if you're willing to give it okay I want a prediction where do, where do you see Texas falling is it a conference championship are we talking playoffs yes we're talking play like Coach, we're talking playoffs, <laughs> you know, or are we looking at maybe dial it back just a little bit and maybe a eight and five type of what we looking? Well, that won't go well. Um, I, 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 my my head, uh, I, you know, as I'm trying to wrap my head around this, I'm not going to give you. I'm going to give you a range. I'm going to give you a prediction. I I'm somewhere with nine being okay. the floor. With the floor okay. is probably being nine. Um, I think Vegas has it like at nine and a half, so it makes it it's it's interesting, uh, you know, to, to potentially ten, uh, eleven. I think a lot of things would have to fall in place uh, for that to happen. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's just tough. Uh, you know, I, I'm not just willing to on blind faith just say, hey, this is this is the year. I, I think I my belief is that next year is going to be the year. Where you know Texas is competing to be in, in you know in the CFP like that's that's just what I'm going to hold on to. I believe that okay. a lot of these guys who are going to be young, who are going to be thrown in the fire here on on defense, they're going to learn. And I think by next year, Sam Ellinger is a senior. I I believe next year is that year where hold on, look out, like Texas is really back back. Um, but you know, I I still think they'll be very competitive. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the Big 12 championship game again, uh, but I, I'm somewhere in the 9 to 10 range right now, and I think most Texas fans would be like, okay, idiot, you should be somewhere in the 10 to 11, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just you know, there's still, there's still variables. Like I said, you still got to replace guys on defense. You know, you still got to, to some of your questions, right? You still got to find, like, well, who replaces Jordan Humphrey? Uh, who are going to be the, the running backs that stand out? There's about two holes in the offensive line. Like, who's going to be able to, you know, fill those holes? So until we know those answers and then if they're able to get through it, because you got to get through – once you get through the Oklahoma, then you, you get a chance to take a breather, right? But – they're going to do Oklahoma State at West Virginia and then Oklahoma in back-to-back weeks, you know, just for the Big 12 stuff, and that's prior to, you know, or that's after LSU. Just some, some, I, I just range, range nine as the floor, 11 as the ceiling. That would probably put me in the middle, which is somewhere around 10. And I, I'm willing to agree with you, at least on the nine, I'm not going as far as 10, 11, Texas Longhorn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's, there's two games I see as more than likely L's, but there's two trap games in this schedule that are just 
they stick out like a sore thumb. And they're just so obvious. At TCU and at Iowa State. And I can't get over these two. And you go stick in a, a Kansas State in the middle of all of that where it's just unpredictable when you deal with those guys too. It, it's hard for me to go to 10. I can, I can go with you on nine. You, lo- you, you kind of lost me at 10, 11. I, I said, I said, I don't know, specifically I said nine as the floor. I said 11 as the ceiling. Like yeah, I, yeah. I said like that, that, but I said a lot of things would have to happen yeah, for yeah. it to hit 11. Like, yeah. I, so that's why I didn't, I didn't, I, let let the record show <laughs> for your podcast listeners. If they go back, I I didn't go crazy. I just yeah, said ah, it would. A lot of things would have to happen for that, and that I'm I'm still somewhere in the nine to tennis range, and yeah. I that's where I'm going to stick it. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't put that. <laughs> don't put that on me. Oh, well, it was great having you on, man. We definitely got to do this again because Let's do every it. time we get together, it's always a good time, man. Before you get out of here, man, let us let the fans know where they can reach you. Let them know about your work as well. Oh, man, you know, if you guys get on Twitter, uh, you can find, follow me real easily at, at Anwar Richardson. It's just A-N-W-A-R Richardson. Nothing special, nothing fancy. It ain't a whole bunch of me out here. So uh, you just feel free to follow me on that. Or you can follow my work on orangebloods.com, uh, which is part of the Rivals Network, part of the Yahoo Network. So uh, you can follow me there. Uh, and that's probably about it. Don't send me a Facebook friend request because I don't know you. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to respond to you. Don't try to follow me on Instagram. You don't need to know nothing about my kids and us going to Chuck E. Cheese. But if you want to follow me on Twitter or follow me on Orange Bloods, those are the ways to get me. All right, man. It was great having you all, man. We would definitely have to have a talk again probably about midseason, something like that, where we could maybe Oklahoma week maybe. Yeah, hit me up. Hit me up. I got you. All right, man. It was great having you all, man. All right, brother. You take care. All right. You too. All right, everybody, that was Amwar Richardson from orangebloods.com. Fred, that was a great conversation you two had. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely look forward to having him back on the show somewhere midway through the season, preferably, like you just said, um, Oklahoma week. So let's, let's keep moving on our preview. Um, let's get your projected Big 12 standing. Yeah, Big 12 standings, man. We can we'll start from uh worst to first. So, you know that whole less miles is going to be a long road. You can start start at the back of the line, big fella. It's, it's going to be a long Less season. is more. Long season. Or maybe long just season. less is less. <laughs> long season. Um at number 9 and this this is surprising to some, but West Virginia, they lost a ton on offense. David Sills is gone. Will Greer is gone. Kendall uh, Kendall Allen is here. Or, I'm sorry, Austin Kendall is here from Oklahoma. He's the Oklahoma transfer. He was the backup quarterback to to Kyler Murray. I think he's he has a little bit of an idea of how this conference works and maybe a little bit of ideas of how to beat Oklahoma. I don't think he'll beat them, but – uh, those guys, they have a ton uh, of rebuilding to do now that um, you have a new head coach, you have a new quarterback, you have a ton of – this team doesn't even belong in this conference. I'm just going to put that out there, and I've said that for years. That was a money grab. They travel the most out of every other team. Every team in this conference is either in Iowa, Texas, or Oklahoma, or Kansas. And they have to travel from Morgantown anytime they want to go on a, go to an away game. Come on with that. We got to do something about that. But nonetheless, we have at number eight, we have Kansas State. Uh, Bill uh, Bill Snyder's gone now, finally, took forever. Uh, but this team is still bad. They rely a ton, on a ton of transfers, JUCO guys. They have, they've had their coaches poached. Uh, it's going to be a long season. Uh, Texas Tech. Again, uh, Baker Mayfield's not walking through the door. Pat Mahomes isn't walking through the door. Graham Harrell's gone. Graham Harrell's gone. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's not helping you out either. So it's going to be a long season. They'll throw the ball around a ton. They'll score a ton of points. But it's the Big Twelve. They don't have the weapons. Um, this t- the next team we're going to talk about here is going to. They they really caught my eye and they've had some change and turnover, and we'll get to them a little bit later with some superlatives, but the Baylor Bears at number six. Now, it, it's hard to say when you see 
so much turmoil going around the school that really had a lot of buzz going on about it with uh, Art Briles at the head as the head coach. You had a Heisman Trophy, trophy winning quarterback. It seemed like every quarterback that came after RG3 was just throwing for tons of yards. They were putting up big numbers, and then the sexual assaults happened, and so much so much craziness has happened. Well, they're turning things around, so I, I see this as a nice building block here. They're going, they may scare some teams. Who knows? I might have a couple superlatives for them. Um, as me and Anwar Richardson spoke about, Gary Patterson and, and the TCU Horn Frogs at number five. They, you don't catch Gary Patterson having losing seasons back to back, and I think that's going to continue. Now, do I say he's going to win 10 games? No, didn't say that. Losing seasons, not going to happen. I can see this team being 7-5, and 8-4, and four, go to a nice bowl game in a nice location. Can't be too bad about that. Uh, right. At number four, we have Iowa State, who has one of the hottest named coaches in the country in Matt Campbell. Uh, Hakeem, uh, when, when you have so many big receivers coming out of this place, I mean, Lazard, uh, Hakeem Butler last year in the draft. These guys, they, they just breed big receivers here. They scare teams every year. Every single year I do the pick them, they burn me somewhere along the line. They will not burn me this year. I will not be fooled again. I'm on to you, uh, to, to you Iowa State. Oklahoma State at number three. Uh, you lost a ton at quarterback. You lost a ton at receiver. Uh, Mike Gundy is still he's 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 still a man. He's a little bit older than forty, but uh, these guys are steady. Yeah, yeah, he's fifty now. The mullet is the mullet is is a bit much, but uh, the, those guys are still going to put up big numbers. Uh, Justice Hill's gone. Running game is going to be a little bit different, but I expect big numbers from them. And now we and la- the last two we know who the last two are. The big boys, the two teams that we expect to be here every single year. Texas, uh, we have like me and Anwar Richardson spoke about earlier. They have a they have a lot of potential. That big P word, and I hate saying that word because it always gets you burned early in in the season because you lose to a team you're not supposed to. They have LSU early. That's going to be a tough test. Then you get Oklahoma. That's another tough test. Then you have to run the gauntlet of the Big 12 just to get back to possibly facing Oklahoma again. But Sam Ellis just said they're back. So I want to see, excited to see Jordan Whittington because like we talked about in that interview, not only was he – uh, player of the game on offense, but he was the player of the game on defense. So you know you're a special type of athlete, and they're comparing him to a guy you know really well uh, by the name of Brian Westbrook. I know though that he gave you a lot of good memories. If he gives me any, if he gives those guys even half of that over the next three to four years, he's going to be an exciting player to watch. And last but not least, my division winner, my conference winner. Uh, Oklahoma, you you have Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts is into the fold. Uh, they have a f- true freshman quarterback in, in Spencer Rattler, who was the number one quarterback prospect in the country. I don't think he's going to get much burn this year unless you're in blowouts. Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, but CeeDee Lamb comes back that he's one of the best receivers in the country. So, uh, they've got a couple big name receivers coming out as far as far as freshmen, uh, five star freshmen. So we'll see. I expect a ton of fireworks from this team. I hope this team gets out early. I want to see them actually dominate this conference because that's what they will need to do to secure a spot into the into the playoff. Playoffs. All right. So this next question I'm going to ask you. I think I have an idea just listening to your breakdown of the standings of, you know, who you're probably going to say for this one. But if there's a team out there, no matter how you place them, no matter how you rank them in the Big 12 this season, no matter what your, you know, projected uh, spot in the standings were for them, give me a team, give me a, a sleeper team, give me a team that possibly could be better or at least put some scare into some teams, um, you know, just overall be a little bit better than where you put them in the standings. 
Ah, uh, man. This was, it, we all know about the the Iowa State Cyclone, so I can't with good with a clear conscience give those guys that that award. They get me every year and they 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 hurt my feelings, so I can't do that. But the Baylor Bears, uh, Matt Real has had a really successful run so far with those guys. And offensively, I don't think they'll be throwing the ball down the field a ton, but I do think they're going to run the football really well. And they're going to scare some teams because in the Big 12, defense has not played much. And if you can you can keep the ball out of the other team's hands by and also score, you have a recipe for a disaster for somebody that doesn't take you seriously. And if you catch them in Waco, look out. All right. Baylor Bears, watch out for them. All right, so before we get out of here, let's give out some preseason awards, some predictions for the postseason awards. Um, Offensive player of the year, who are you going with? Sam Ellinger. Uh, He said he's back, and Texas is back. You better prove me right because I trust you. I really do trust you. You lose little Jordan Humphrey, but you have Colin Johnson back. Sam, uh, we also have um, Jordan Willington. I, I keep this name. This kid keeps every time I watch a highlight, every time I see a practice, I'm like, I want to see more. And I think he's going to have the weapons to help him out. So uh, Sam Ellinger wins that one from quarterback from Texas. All right. Um, defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, Jaquan Bailey, Iowa State. Uh, tons of Just tons of production on the D-line. Want to see more? Uh, you might have an NFL player on your hands coming soon. Uh, he's a 6'2 and a half, like 250-ish, good hands. Want to see what – I want to see more, but uh, when, you're in, when you're in the Big 12, being a defensive player of the year isn't all that hard. It's just put up decent numbers. <laughs> put up average numbers that you would put up in a normal conference. Make a couple tackles. All right, so who's going to be the top newcomer to the Big 12 Conference? Jalen Hurts. I oh, have been, familiar name. Yeah, do we? The days of his his days at Oakland, at Alabama are over, and you know, I I'm very happy for him because he took that he took last year and really. He took it like a champ, and I hate saying it that way, but he was the perfect he was the perfect pro. He was a pro about it, and you know he could have just transferred in the middle of the year and had to sit out and do all of the crazy stuff he would have had to do. But no, he he handled it with class, and you know for everyone that talks about how he's not a great passer, he threw for seventy two percent on the season, and he only threw two interceptions. Uh, he's, you know, for all the bad stuff you hear, he's only thrown 12 picks in three years. I mean, he 23 touchdowns of his freshman year, 17 touchdowns to one interception his sophomore year. I mean, I think it's a little bit overblown. Uh, 60, he's a 60, he's about a 62 and a half percent passer. I can't be too mad at that. I mean, he's at Oklahoma. You'll have good weapons. You'll have a decent offensive line. Um, as long as the interception, uh, numbers are down, I don't think you'll have too many problems. Might actually, he might actually give Sam Ellinger a little bit of a run for his money for that whole offensive player of the year thing. All right. So who's going to be the coach of the year? Oklahoma State head coach, Mr. I'm a man, I am 40, might be 50 now, uh, Mike Gundy. Uh, I think with Come him. Me. Exactly. I'm a man, I'm 40. Every time. You're going to be famous for that for the rest of his life. Exactly, exactly. Here. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you know, what I think is, and we, and it kind of carries over into the next one, so I'll let you go with the next one, and then I kind of can go my, give my little bit of a, a rebuttal to that. All right, so these are uh, team predictions here. Which team do you think is going to be the biggest riser in the uh, Big 12 Conference? Oh, man, this one's, this one's easy because it's Oklahoma State. You can't get much better than what they were. They were a 7-6 and six team last year. And if they're going to go as high as number three in the conference where you're going to have teams like West Virginia taking a nice dip, you're going to have teams like Texas Tech, Kansas State, they're also going to take dips. Uh, those guys are 7-6. I mean, the, 
those guys were five and seven, seven and six teams. Nobody won more. There were only three teams with at least eight wins in that conference last year. Uh, they had an abysmal, an abysmal road record last year. They were one and four on the road. Uh, you have to do better than that. So what I need, the, I think Mr. I'm a man and I'm 40 is going to hold these guys a little bit more accountable. As far as, go ahead. No, I, I'm, yeah, he, I mean, if he's going to be the coach of the year, then accountability is definitely going to have to be paramount in what they're doing. Um, let's go to opposite of the biggest riser. Which team is going to take the biggest fall? Biggest fall is West Virginia. Unfortunately, like I said, Dana Hogerson is gone now. So you don't, he's gone on to Houston. When have we ever heard of a, a coach saying, I don't want to be in a power five conference anymore. I'll go, I'll be the head coach at Houston. So, you know, I, I don't want to be at West Virginia anymore. So, you know, he's gone on, he's gone where there's zero expectation again. So, you know, now this team now has, uh, a, they're going to take a nice dip. You've lost your coach. You've lost your quarterback. You've lost your star receiver. That's a ton to lose in an offensive conference. Uh, you also go to Missouri. You have NC State at home, James Madison at home. Uh, that schedule is not going to be very nice to you uh, early in the season. You're not. You're just getting a ton of ton thrown at you at again. Like I said, at Missouri, you get Texas at you get Texas at home, but then you got to go to Oklahoma. You get Baylor on the road. That might be a tricky one. Uh, Oklahoma State's at home, but TCU's on the road. Uh, last game of the season. That's not a that's not a, a situation you really want to go into early on. So. Uh, I look forward to this team really having an abysmal season. Maybe uh, this is a rebuilding year. Maybe, uh, maybe you guys need to get down down to the the Sunshine State and get some more of that speed you used to get, you used to get. You know the the uh, the Steve Slaytons of the world and the Well Divines of the world. Yeah, go get those guys. You might need it. All right, no doubt. And last, and certainly, but certainly not least. Uh, what's going to be the most important game of the season for this conference? Oh, this one's easy and not even a question. Oklahoma, Texas, October 12th. Uh, this is this game here is the Red River Shootout. Say it 10 times really fast. I know they don't want us to say shootout and all. It's the Red River Shootout. And I'm not giving a pick for this game. It's way too early, but this is going this game may determine the conference. Easy. All right, there you have it. Everything you need to know in a nutshell about the Big 12 Conference. Um, Man, we just want to definitely thank our guests for today's episode. I'm Mark Richardson from orangeblood.com, who came on to talk with us about those Texas Longhorns. Fred, before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can catch you online. Uh, you know, your social media presence and whatever else you need to to plug. Definitely. You can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFB. Um, you'll always, you know, you, you know what I do on Twitter. You know what I do. I'm always keeping you updated. I'm always kind of, I, I dibble and dabble in that whole NFL thing, but right now it's college football season. We'll get to the NFL in a little bit. Uh, make sure you go check out the college football pick em. Uh, hosted by, of course, War Room Sports. Unfortunately, it's me against the world, and, well, the world has won for the last couple seasons. Just, you know, I, I've taken flyers, risks. I'm not being risky this year. I'm coming out the gates firing early. So make sure you get your picks in. Make sure you go sign up for that. Uh, winner of this this year will get a chance to be uh, a co-host on on this, the podcast that you love, the Quick Slash Podcast. So make sure uh, you go join up. If you can beat me, hey, if I have to host my own show, I mean, uh, who knows? That might be fun. Who knows? Um, and also, make sure you go support the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash quicksense, the podcast. Uh, all of that will be on social media, so make sure you follow that, Warren Sports, as well as myself, as well as you, Devin, because, you know, for the small, small charge of a, a bag of peanut M&M's, you can support a show that will definitely keep bringing out bangers every single week, making sure you have the best picks, making you a little yeah, money, sure. who knows? And uh, it only costs you for the cost of a bag of peanut M&M's. Just $1. Just $1. You know what, we'll I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do this right here because I already told you that, you know, my brain is fried, so some things I forget to 
post on the social media. We're going to get this pick them up right here. So I'm going to do this right here on the air. Hey, Google, remind me to post the pick them on our social media pages tomorrow at noon. All right. Uh oh. She she she's real long winded. Yeah, she's long winded. She all she needed to say was okay. Oh, she had to uh, say was okay. She just wanted to get her her two minutes of shine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. And last Quiet but woman. not least, last but not least, we have college football, fantasy football here. Uh, we have we have a, right now we have ten open spots. I have never done college football as far as fantasy football, so this will be a new adventure for all of us, so I need you to make sure you join. The draft for this is on August 19th. That's a Monday. That's the Monday before the season starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, okay? Actually, I'm sorry, 7 7 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern. We're not messing with that. We're not messing with that, so make sure you're on at 7 7 p.m. Eastern, and um this will be a very fun one. Uh, make sure you go join up on that and we'll have some prizes and things for that too. So that all of that information will be coming all on the social media. So make sure you go follow us there. Quick slants, the podcast on Twitter, quick slants, the podcast on Instagram. You can find us everywhere on social media. No doubt. And of course you can catch everything we're doing at warroomsports.com, including archive episodes of quick slants, the podcast, um, you can also check that out on the War Room Sports mobile app, which is free on Android and iOS. So get into that Google Play Store, get into that uh, Apple uh, uh, market and, and do what you got to do. Um, man, it's been another great episode of Quick Slants, episode number 89 to be exact. Uh, we'll be coming at you all this week with more uh, previews for the Big Five power conferences. Let's, let's, let's do it, Fred, man. College football is here. We're going to be talking NFL football on cover two. So you guys make sure you look out for those episodes as well for all you NFL fans out there. But like we always tell you before we sign off, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Quick slant, y'all. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.